should I go with like a traditional intro or should I do something like, hi, I know it's been a while, but. Uh, that's up to you, man. Uh, you can do whatever you want. I mean. So debatable. Um, hmm. Wow. So debatable. Wow. So debatable. I'm thinking about this too much. I should just, uh. You should just go with the flow, man. Yeah, I should just, I should just let it, uh, let it fly. Alright. Actually, wait before we start. Okay. <laughs> we get comfy real quick. Yeah, sure. Alright. Adjust your, um, adjust your fan, your AC, whatever you need to do. I'm just hunching over a little more. <laughs> Notre Dame out here. Yeah. That's me, baby. Yes, yeah, sir. What it do? Auto loading change game data. Do not touch the memory card or the power button. Welcome back to. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to a brand new episode of All Unsafe Progress Will Be Lost. The first one in a while, actually. I think we haven't posted since July. Sorry about that. Uh, I am joined as always, by my beloved compatriot, Jared, and my name is Patrick. This is a podcast about video games. Jared, how are you doing? Gracias. Thank you for asking. I'm uh, doing good, man. This is our first episode in a while. This is our first episode in 2023, and um, taking a look back. Taking a look back at the year and all the games we kind of miss talking about, but I can guarantee you, since then, we've been playing. It's true. Uh, today's episode is Game of the Year 2022. We know it's late. Don't add us. <laughs> Probably just a little shorter, more on the informal side. We both have a list of a top five, a couple, a couple of uh, honorable mentions, and then a dishonorable mention or two for the distinguished games that we did not like uh, of 2022. Um yeah it's good to be back it's good to be here talking about video games and uh we promise to be more consistent going into 2023 yeah we we did talk about this we want to record at least twice twice a month instead of uh yeah instead of four times we're because, th we're uh, thinking <laughs> twice monthly for this show yeah bi-monthly so expect like at least 24 episodes this year less because the alternative is 48 episodes and and for me that's <laughs> gonna be that's a little much that's a considering lot considering how much yeah we put into this yeah it's just too much so it's just hopefully you enjoy the more streamlined more direct to your ear hole unsaved progress and uh yeah man yeah here we are you want to just get right into it uh yeah. Uh do you do you want to start maybe? Sure. It doesn't really matter. I think you know what? I think we both have the same game of the year, but yeah. <laughs> we have uh, I our top 3 Take probably looks very similar. Probably. Yeah. So, I'll start off with my personal number 5 pick, uh Rogue Legacy 2. Ooh. Uh absolute Banger of a game for those of you who are not familiar rogue legacy is kind of the birth of the modern roguelite as we know it or at least the 
uh, zenith of the genre. Uh, and Rogue Legacy 2 takes everything that that game did and kind of spices it up a little bit with the more modern roguelite sensibilities and gives you an excellent sense of progression such a fun colorful art style great combat supremely well balanced and uh, the cool thing about rogue legacy 2 is that every time you die in your next run you are a random character who has a random skill so you're mm. never playing as the same character twice in a row which is a bit different from most uh, more recent modern roguelites which are much more narrative focused and have you playing as the same character just upgrading yourself over time uh, rogue legacy 2 gives you a different character with a different skill every time but you still retain the passive upgrades and buffs that you've been unlocking as you invested in the castle with the resources that you gain from deeper and deeper runs uh, extremely satisfying 2020 i believe was the year that i discovered uh roguelites are probably my favorite subgenre, and rogue legacy 2 is a quintessential example of one that you cannot miss if you are a fan of the genre uh, this game was just across the board excellent, and uh, I'm still playing it regularly, even though it came out fairly early in the year. So Nice. It's a glowing review from our very own Patrick Reese. Patrick, take a fucking bow. <laughs> how many, how many, uh, how many uh, gold coins would you give Rogue Legacy 2 out of 10? Uh, probably like a 9. Probably like a 9, folks. There you have it. There you go. Well, that seems like a great way to get us started on sure. the topic of, like, roguelikes and, and roguelites. Because I know you're, like, super into those. Very much so, yes. I'm still, like, I still need to play a bunch. I have a, I was hyper fixated on Binding of Isaac <laughs> for the <laughs> longest a, time. It's a good one. It's a classic. It just got its uh, final DLC this year. It did, year. and I still haven't played it. It's just one of those things. It's just, like, once I... Once I'm out of it, I'm out of it, man. Like, I'll go back to it one day, I'm sure. I understand. Sink another hundred hours into it, but for now, I'm good to let sleeping dogs lie. <laughs> Binding, is, uh, Binding of Isaac is the Skyrim of roguelites. So true, King. Yeah. I need to play Hades, too. That would have been another shoo-in. Banger. Uh, but... Uh, I bring this up, as a matter of fact, because my number five is a, is a roguelite as well. Mm -hmm. uh, we've been talking about this one, actually, so I'm sure you already know what it is, since we've been... I I've basically got everyone hooked on this game already. Vampire Survivors. Yes, sir. This game fucking took a week of my life away. <laughs> <laughs> everyone who's who has this on their, like, top ten, top five game of the years is always super close to the top. And, like, everyone's like, yeah, this is, like, crack cocaine. This is, like, this stole my life. And I'm like, cool. Yeah, man. Uh, I think I've put, like, 25 hours. Well, let me confirm that. I, I think I've put, like, 25 hours into it. Mm-hmm. 24.3 hours. There you go. Hey. Uh, but uh, this game is amazing. Uh, it's very cheap. You can get it for on Steam, and it's also just free on, on mobile, on, like, iOS and Android, I believe. It's also on Game Pass. 
It is also on Games Pass, so if you got Game Pass, there you there you go. You got no reason to not play it. This game is sick. It starts off as one thing, and it just becomes a completely different thing like ten minutes in, mm-hmm. and then you you probably die, and then you do it all over again. But every time it's just another adventure. I took this, I bought this game at like eleven p.m. on a night where I was doing nothing. And I spent that entire night just playing this game. Yeah. And being like, holy shit, dude. What the hell? Yeah. Holy fuck. It's one of those games where if you just watch it, you might not get the appeal. But once you play it, you get it for sure. Yeah. I know that people have criticized it, saying it's just like an idle game or like a wallpaper engine. And I think <laughs> that's like cheapening. I uh, Yeah. Like, for sure. Like, it can turn into that. If you, like, make your character a certain way for, like, maybe half of your 30-minute runtime. But if you are, like, consistently upgrading and, like, finding new items and stuff, it is it does, it is not that. Like, the game is constantly throwing new stuff at you. You're unlocking new characters, new stages, like, new mechanics. Mm-hmm. And it just keeps going, man. Yeah. Very, cl- very clever... Uh, roguelite because I think something that catches a lot of people off guard about most roguelites is um, potentially the gameplay. They're not known for being the easiest uh, genre no matter what form uh, of game they take. Um, and uh, Vampire Survivors is just like, alright, but what if you only have to move around? Like, yeah. we'll, we'll attack for you, but you just move around, pick your upgrades as you get them, and just avoid the hordes. And, uh... Listen, man. Number Go Up is a very yep. powerful... Uh... <laughs> it's a very, go up. very powerful effect that you can take quite far, as it turns out. Um, so I, I've also played quite a bit of Vampire Survivors. I had to see what the what all the hype and the hotness was about. And, yeah, I totally agree with anybody who would put this in their, their top 5 or their top 10 of the year. It's a very good game. Very fun game. I've watched a few people put it in their top 10s and top 5s. Uh, Riding on Games just came out with their top 5 of 2022, and he surprised me by putting this above Elden Ring. His <laughs> Elden, Elden Ring was at number 3, Vampire Survivors was at number 2. Interesting. And uh, That's impressive. <laughs> for me, I was like, I get it, but that's kind of insane. Mm, yeah. But you know... You know, I you gotta factor in, like, different strokes for different folks. Not everyone's looking for a hundred-plus-hour fucking RPG mechanic. Of like, like yeah. the deepest game you've ever pl- played. Most people just want arcade funness. And I gotta commend the developer for not practicing anything predatory, which is such a low bar to clear. <laughs> but, like, it, I think it goes a long way, because a lot of people that play this game... I think that this developer has earned a lot of goodwill just for not, like, uh, you know, pricing it super high. It's a cheap game. It's free basically anywhere you look except on Steam. But five bucks is not a high asking price at all. So, yeah, Vampire Survivors number five. I give this one eight or nine garlics out of ten. Eight or nine garlics out of ten. Solid. Thanks.
course. Well, if that leaves the microphone over to me. Yeah, uh, hang on. Let me let me give this microphone over to you. All right. Hey, thanks. Um, no, pro no problem. <laughs> I also have a mobile game in my top five of the year. Number oh. four is Marvel Snap, baby. Oh, shit. Uh, the free-to-play game that's been sweeping the nation. This game won Best Mobile Game at the Game Awards, despite only being on market for 60 days at the time, and it deserves it completely. You can also download this on Steam. It is free-to-play, and it is a mobile game without all of the typical mobile game bullshit that you don't like about mobile games. I have, I have played this game a whole lot. It's made by the dude who made Hearthstone for Blizzard. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a very inventive, very fast, quick uh, card battler that perfectly utilizes the Marvel property by giving you absolutely gorgeous renditions of your favorite characters on digital cards that you then uh, do battle with. The gameplay is pretty simple. Every game is only six turns, so every game only lasts maybe three minutes at the most. So I found myself constantly just opening my phone, getting in a couple games uh, whenever I could. Uh, the economy for a free-to-play game is extremely generous, and it's helped by the superb matchmaking system. Um, rather than being pay-to-win, Marvel Snap is something more akin to pay to grow your collection faster but that doesn't really help you win games in the long run because matchmaking is based both on your rank and your current uh pool of cards that you have available so if you were to dump 400 dollars on the game and get really far in the card collection you would be playing against players who did the same you would not be stomping people who did not spend 400 dollars on the game um which i think is a good way to do it and the progression overall is very like streamlined and generous and smooth and the gameplay is, I, I mean, it's literally crack. Um, <laughs> essentially, you just, like, very simple rules. You know, six turns, there are three territories on the map. Each territory, as it's revealed, induces some kind of special effect. Whoever has the most power on two out of three territories when the game is over wins. That's it in, in practice. But it gets much deeper than that, especially as you get further in the card pool with more archetypes of decks opening up. And uh, you can get uh, you can get pretty deep in this and have a ton of fun. The only money I've spent on the game is just buying the season passes as they come out because they get you more than your money's worth. And uh, I am consistently grinding this to the upper echelons of ranked play every season. I just cannot get enough of this game. Uh, my use time for this app at the end of the year is abhorrent. I will not be disclosing it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Very well. Basically, all you need to know about Marvel Snap is that I thought for sure that it would be just be like gimmicky, stupid stuff. And uh, the day I downloaded, I played it for five hours straight. So, Damn. I mean, there you go. Easily one of the best games released this year. And the development and content roadmap coming up has a lot of really promising stuff. Um, especially if you play on Steam, the Steam version is going to get some pretty good updates coming soon. Um, so yeah, you have nothing to lose by trying this game, honestly. Like, if you're at all interested in card battlers, uh, give this one a shot. I, I think you'll like it quite a bit. You have nothing to lose except your life, your time. Yeah. 
your friends. We already have t two games on this top five that are crack cocaine. Uh, yeah, absolutely. In, in digital form. I mean, really every game on these top fives is crack cocaine in digital form, but I mean, these especially <laughs> so. Like, the mobile games yeah. especially. <laughs> the mobile games especially, because you can take them with you anywhere. You can take them on a date if you want. If uh, so you don't like your date, just whip it out and start playing some Marvel Snap. Yep. Would you give this game how many how many Taika Watitis would you give this game out of ten? <laughs> Taika Watitis. Um I would give this one nine and a half. Nine and a half Taikas, that last one. Nine and a half Taikas <laughs> out of ten. I, the, I hope uh, that last one's okay. The only <laughs> This is a terrible accident actually. <laughs> uh, I dock it half a point only because I am at the point where progression is significantly slower, but not like impossible. Like, I don't feel compelled to spend money. I'm just mm -hmm. at the point where I'm not getting brand new cards as frequently. Yeah. So, and I wish the game That's had fair. stayed as generous as it had. But, I mean, overall, I, I really can't complain. I've gotten dozens of hours out of this for basically no money. So. Yeah. It's always fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to uh, include Inscription on this list, even though it came out the year before last. Uh, in, in terms of like card games, I'm, I'm not, I haven't played a lot of card games. Inscription was different. Inscription was fucking awesome. I w Inscription would be in my top five this year if I hadn't decided against it, even though it did just release on Nintendo Switch. I don't think it counts. So, unfortunately, Inscription not on this top five, but I would have given it nine legendary. Legendary Carters out of 10. <laughs> but my my number four spot, I haven't seen on any top fives or top tens so far. Uh, so I'm assuming this is a pretty biased take on my part. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, honestly, this is from a series that is not really even that good, I think. Uh, but this game was a, a surprise hit this year. For me personally. And this game is Postal Brain Damage. Oh ho. The uh the spin-off game produced by not running with scissors, who normally produces the postal series. This is a boomer shooter with a coat of like kind of I don't even know how to put it, like faux nineties, like the, the, I mean, the detail, the aesthetic, the level design goes insane. I, I, I would be a disservice to try and explain it all, but it is just a psychotic, like, a Doom Eternal-ish, a boomer shooter mm -hmm. that I really enjoy the gameplay loop. I played through it when it came out, enjoyed every moment, have not gone back to replay it yet, although I will. Um, I'm uh, replaying Doom Eternal for the first time right now, so I will have to compare the two games once all is said and done, but uh, Postal Prime Damage is just fun, man. Like, <laughs> it shows really how much mileage you can get out of just being Doom Eternal. <laughs> like, and not even, like, being, like, sly about it. Like, one of the guns is literally just the super shotgun from Doom Eternal down right. to the fucking, like, grappling hook. And uh, I love that think it's really fun i watched you stream this entire game so, it was uh, a blast yeah 
And uh, I think just on fun alone, this deserves top five. And I put it above Vampire Survivors because I think that uh, I just I really like Boomer Shooters, man. What can I say? I don't blame you. I like Boomer Shooters too. If a, if a medieval were re-released every single year, it would make my top <laughs> ten every single year. <laughs> it's it's Patrick's Mario Brothers too. Yeah, exactly. No, Prey 2017 is my Mario Brothers too. But oh god, yeah. A medieval is very close. <laughs> I need to play medieval. But yeah, man, postal brain damaged. I give it nine uh, PP jokes out of ten. All right, it's the best I could do on short notice. Fair scale. Should Fair have been nine crack pipes. <laughs> Whatever. Eh, we can re- we can revise it in post. <laughs> Toll brain damage. Anyway. Ooh. All right. Throw it over to you, man. All right. What was he cooking? What was he cooking? All right, so from here on out, this is the top three. These were the best of the best of the best. Uh, These are all 10 out of 10s. So number three is Tunic. Oh! What a fantastic little gem of a game. Uh, (laughs) I absolutely adore this game. Tunic really kind of took me by surprise. I remember seeing the early gameplay of it and thinking i'll keep that on my radar and then um all of a sudden it was out after seemingly like a long time i was like hmm a legend of zelda inspired isometric action rpg with souls-like combat and a, a like polygonal storybook like aesthetic for its graphics surely this was made only for me yeah and god damn jared this game's good oh, man. <laughs> this game's so good can i just spoil this right now this is also on my top three <laughs> i won't spoil at which spot you're just gonna have to this figure out the process of elimination so good the sense of mystery and exploration you know, you start off as being completely foreign to the world. You literally cannot even read the language when you begin the game. Absolutely. Um, and you just have to go off and explore, and what follows is absolute magic. This game has razor-tight combat, great puzzles, incredible music and sound design, memorable boss fights, one of the most batshit insane final challenges slash puzzles that hides the true ending I've ever heard of in a video game that even i didn't do because even i wasn't that dedicated um for as much as i love this game and i cannot sing enough praise for this game this game is on game pass and outside of game pass it's on pretty much i mean it's on xbox and pc at the very least yeah if you can play this game if you have a method of playing this game please 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 play tunic it has easily some of my favorite and most memorable moments in in a game not just this year but probably ever the final boss is amazing the final major upgrades that you get in your story progression are fantastic and just like change the way that you play the game and it is such a lovingly crafted experience and it is of top-notch quality and it's everything that you would want from a game in general. 
not just of a game in this genre. Please, please, please play Tunic. Absolutely a 10 out of 10. This game is my 10 out of 10. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love Tunic, man. I, I couldn't get enough of it. I played it for so long. I got pretty much everything in the game, <laughs> except for, like, the last, last, last secret, which required me to learn a language that doesn't exist, so... Unfortunately, yeah. I'm not doing that. I'm also not doing that. <laughs> and what, what you get for it is, you know, like, some... So it's a it's weird, and I don't want to say anything about it, so I'm not gonna. But suffice it to say, uh, Tunic, one of the most complete games I've ever played. Love it to bits, and I will probably talk about it more when I end up talking about it in my top three. Mm-hmm. So this game gets 10 out of 10 instruction manuals? This game gets 10 Nintendo 64 instruction booklets out of 10. Ooh, that's oh. a lot of Nintendo 64 <laughs> booklets, Patrick. It really is, I know. Alright. So I have a, f Woo! I have a feeling... <laughs> so if, if Tunic is in your top three, and I already yep. know what the other two are, assuming Tunic is at number three, I think I know what this is. Alright. Uh, this one's Neon White. Yep. Neon White. This game is awesome. This game is the definition of entering a flow state. This game is made for speedrunners, but it teaches you how to speedrun and really just the joy of it. It is such a phenomenal game. I've really liked um, th this devs like other, other games like uh, Donut County. But this game is just a completely different beast. I mean, this game is like... It just seems like it's going a million miles a second, but really, I think that if you play it, it kind of does not feel like that at all. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have said that the visual novel elements are not great, and I have to say they are kind of a pace breaker, but they usually don't interrupt between levels that often. Mm-hmm. And I think they're just overall a fun pastiche of, like, Adult Swim-type, like, you know, shonen-type anime-type games and, and series. And, uh, I mean, St Steve Blum is here. Steve, Steve Blum is here, yes. He's giving his performance as Steve Blum, and I love that. And he's saying funny cringe anime stuff, and I love that. <laughs> and uh, the gameplay is just insane. I mean, I know it sounds a little confusing at first with, like, the whole card-based whatever. But it's more like every card you have, that's one secondary fire you can use. And as long as you have, like, one secondary fire in reserve, you don't lose your weapon. Uh, so there's a lot of strategy involved there. And, like, learning how to break levels so you don't have to use your secondaries all that often. It's fun, man. It's just fun. It, it, it's addicting. It's hard to put down. And it makes you feel like a speedrunning god when you get uh, like a diamond or a gold like it's just it's it's fun it's pure fun and also special shout out to the machine girl on the soundtrack hits i listen to it while playing vampire survivors all the time it just mm -hmm. fits yeah it's awesome yeah for sure uh i also played neon white um 
I played through it on Nintendo Switch, which is a fantastic port of the game. Runs at 60 FPS. And, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, everything you said about the game, I, I feel quite similarly. Um, Neon White is the definition of entering a flow state <laughs> in a video game. Yeah. It's like, you know how people talk about game feel sometimes? Like, Neon White yeah. is just game feel. Like, it's mm -hmm. just good game <laughs> feel 24-7. Absolutely. And it's also, I forgot to mention the boss battles are actually really fun. It's a, it's an interesting concept, you know, uh, it's a, it's a speed running first person platformer that you play with guns, like your, yes. your, your guns are your navigation and by God, they did it. Oh God, it's so good. <laughs> Neon white is the WarioWare of mirror's edges. All right. All right. That's, you know what? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. You're right. So what would Actually, I, I would give it a I would give it a nine. A nine? You would give it uh I would give it you would give it nine shotgun cards out of ten? Yes. Okay. Respectable. I'd give it nine neon violets out of ten. Okay. Neon violets, my love. Neon violet. Oh yes. And so now we're in top two territory. We are Yikes. In, we are in top two territory. The two best games we played this year. I think I know what your number two is. I'm. You probably do. You have to know. It's like it, you could take my top two and basically reverse them depending I on know, how I feel. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I'm. Well, whatever your number two is, I'll know what your number one is. So, Absolutely. You know. Yeah, exactly. Let me just let me just lay it on me. Number two. Man. What could I possibly say about Elden Ring? I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> What can I possibly say about Elden Ring? We did two separate episodes of this on our podcast. They are our two most listened to episodes of our podcast ever, by the way. I checked the stats recently. Yep. By a large margin. Listen. I mean, what can you say about Elden Ring? I really can't say <laughs> anything about it that hasn't already been said. I mean, listen, this game is from software at the peak of their creative powers. This is from software taking everything that you liked about the Soul series and just going buck wild with it. You know, this is yeah. this is just raw, unfiltered game. I mean, <laughs> this is just, you know, pick a point on a map, go to it. It's not handholdy. It lets you do all of the discovery for yourself you can completely ignore the plot for the most part if you want and there's like that's kind of the point elden ring is a game all about exploring the world and being consistently rewarded for it with incredible moments and worthwhile rewards that aren't just you know experience points or something and it retains, you know, the esoteric side quest structure and npc finding of the soul series but that's part of the magic you know and you know the that's kind of a love it or have it thing i know some people wish the game had a quest log or a way to keep better track of the npcs as they moved around the massive map but uh you know as a from software Soulsborne veteran that's just part of the charm for me i think it would be weird if the game had the typical open world triple a game markers and uh assistance features you know, Elden Ring is a game that wants you to do it yourself and to love it the entire time. And uh, I certainly did. I played this game for over 100 hours. I got the Platinum Trophy. 
I've beaten it four times. <laughs> oh, and shit. I'm, I mean, yeah. It's just incredible. Fantastic combat, fantastic music, an incredible world that is rich with detail and secrets to find, lovable NPC characters, and just an incredible amount of depth and experimentation on part of the player and a level of freedom that hasn't really been seen since Breath of the Wild. This game will be compared to Breath of the Wild a lot for the end of time. Of and that's flattery in the most sincere form. Breath of the yeah. Wild is a industry-defining video game. But what game wouldn't want to be compared to that? Yeah, this was a truly magical experience from start to finish. And... Uh, I couldn't have been happier to have, to have played it this year and to uh, to think so highly of it as well. This is absolutely 10 Elden Rings out of 10. And uh, please give us DLC from Soft. Please, I'm, be I'm begging. I'm begging you, please. The Coliseum <laughs> update's nice, but come on. Come on, man. Yeah. I thought the same thing when they showed that off. I'm like, oh. <laughs> oh. They put in, I mean, they put in like an arena thing in the Dark Souls 1 DLC, but it's like, that's not the main attraction. Yeah, know? exactly. The main attraction is everything around that arena. Yeah, exactly. Um, which, by the way, that Dark Souls 1 DLC, for me, that's like the peak. That's like, that. that's like the best Dark Souls has ever got. That's a, that's a, that's a good pick. It's Next to pick. the Ring City. The Ring City. Most of the Ring City. Most of the Ring City, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, Elden Ring is big Dark Souls. Elden Ring is Dark Souls 4 and 5. Yeah. <laughs> and a little bit of 6 thrown in for good measure. Yeah, exactly. There are it's so big. There are biomes that are as large as entire Souls games. Yeah. I mean, it's wild. It's wacky. It's crazy. It's mind-boggling. Easily some of my favorite moments in games this year. Like, discovering the Seofer River for the first time. Oh god, yeah, well... Oh my god, yeah, that, that, that moment in particular. Yeah, it was just Jesus. like... I was like, there's more? <laughs> Under I'm the sure, ground? I'm sure we talked about this on the podcast originally, but yeah, I, I, I don't think... There's very few moments in video games, to me, that are as like special is that just that reveal and it's not even like a cinematic it doesn't even like make you can like miss it if you're not even looking the right way mm -hmm. which is insane to me but the fact that for me it's it's just such a natural organic moment of just like realizing really how immense how big the world is I mean, there's such, there's just such a sense of scale. Like it's, it really just leans hard into the epic fantasy of of uh, Soulsborne, and uh, it does a great job. Mm-hmm. Ten out of ten Elden Rings. There you go. Ten Elden Rings out of ten. All right, Jared, your number two game of the year. I'm, I think we can yeah. kind of, I can, I think we can I kind of deduce what this is. By process of elimination, I'm sure. Yeah. This is in fact tuning. Yeah. My uh and and this is this is crazy because to me tunic 
I believe is a perfect video game. So, I mean, everyone, you probably already know what my number one is. Patrick mm-hmm. knows what my number one is. I know what Patrick's number one is. <laughs> but, like, to me, to, to me, it's just, it, it, it's on principle because it's just like, t- Tunic is, I think, the best game this year. Mm. But there's another best game this year. <laughs> That's, so at this point... Yeah, it's like my top three almost feel interchangeable depending on how I feel, you know? You know yeah. what I mean? Like I wake up on it's the tough. right side of the bed. Uh, but yeah. yeah. I totally get what you mean. <laughs> this uh, Tunic... T- I mean, Tunic just blew me the fuck away, man. Like, t- uh, this game starts like a, a Zelda... And it becomes like a Souls like, and then it becomes another secret third thing, which I will not spoil. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and and I really, I just really appreciate everything this game does. The way it says a lot and it communicates a lot to the player without saying much of anything. You get all your tutorials via an instruction manual you have to find, which is super innovative, and it really ties. Uh, a lot more together later because the the instruction manual is actually no joke the most important part of this game actually yes like you you everything you learn it begins and it ends with the instruction manual i'll just say that this game tests not only your like how you learn but it it gives you it like it just doles out these tools and helps you in the most ridiculous way possible. And you just kind of have to have agency as a player to figure out the rest. Like, fill in the gaps. And maybe you learn something by accident. Maybe you, like, stumble into things. But it's just so cool. Like, that's it, the learning process is so interesting. Um, and as someone who has played... <laughs> ironically, as someone who has played the first Legend of Zelda before I played Tunic... I really got a lot of like Zelda One vibes, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, the game is very clearly inspired by Legend of Zelda. Yeah, and uh, but I, I'm I'm not as familiar with Zelda. I'm more familiar with like Dark Souls, and that's really what I compared it to. I mean, Tunic takes a lot of pages from Dark Souls. It uh, wants you to die a few times. It uh, you have to ring two bells. There's a bunch of areas you just kind of have to like go back to later more than anything i uh it to put some interesting twists on on the formula you run out of stamina you are more liable to take critical damage so stamina management is a bigger focus that i enjoy but there's so much happening i mean it really is a lovely game, and the last, the big puzzle at the end that Patrick was referring to, um, the Golden Path. I will not, I will not spoil the specifics of what this puzzle is. You do need it to get the quote-unquote good ending, but I think you can play it without getting the Golden Path and still have like a f- fantastic game on your hands. Mm-hmm. But I think that if you really want to, if you really like. If you put in the time and you put in the effort, this game just turns into the most, like, the most ridiculous 
it's one of the most ridiculous reveals of the the year. Like this, the, the, when I said like it turns into a secret third thing, I'm not kidding. Like the game just like flips on its head, and it creates something completely different with its puzzles and its world, and you kind of start looking at everything a different way. And once you finally get to that last puzzle and do it, you'll know what I mean. You can look it up. Uh, if you want to be spoiled, I don't recommend looking it up, though. I recommend just playing it. Because the Golden Path was... When I when I finally, like, did it, I was just like, man, I don't think any video game puzzle is going to compare to this. Because the whole game is built around this one puzzle. And it's so ridiculous, and it's so just... I've never seen anything like it. Nick from 4-Player Podcast put this as his game of the year, and I get it, because holy crap, like, I've never seen a game do this before, so, this earns its spot, and if it wasn't for my number one, this would have been my game of the year easy, because it's just that good, mm -hmm. but there were a lot of phenomenal games in 2022, so, it's tough, it's, uh... Just one of those things, I think this game's perfect. I give it a 10 out of 10, uh, Fox. That's it. Alright. 10 out of 10 Fox. 10, 10 Foxes out of 10. Right on. But before we go to our number one, we do have some honorable mentions, we do have some dishonorable mentions. We do. I have we, dishonorable mentions. We do have honorable mentions, and I have a single dishonorable mention. <laughs> <laughs> that we do. Do we want to do dishonorable first, or? Uh... Yeah, let's. You know, let's start with. Um, yeah, let's start with dishonorable mentions. Let's end on a high note. All right, sure. Why yeah, not? We'll we'll wrap this up on a on a good squeaky clean note. Um dishonorable mention, I only played one game that I actively disliked this year and that was the Modern Warfare 2 campaign. So uh <laughs> I actually put all of Modern Warfare 2 in the third the secret third category of uh, <laughs> games that I played that were there. Yeah. Um the Modern Warfare 2 campaign was not good. Um, no. It the Modern has, Warfare 2 campaign sucked. Let's say it. It has a uh, a good narrative, and um, I guess that's all I can say about it. I mean, the production value is crazy. You know, the visuals are great. But from a gameplay perspective, this campaign is an absolute slog. Yeah. Every single mission is... It's too long. It is, yeah. Every single mission is either too long has some kind of ridiculous gameplay gimmick that isn't fun that overstays its welcome or both um and especially as you get into the back half of this campaign i just wanted it to be over and i found every mission increasingly more frustrating uh culminating in <laughs> culminating in like myself personally actually reaching a boiling point and straight up just quitting the game for a while uh which, which i one? have not done which in years the... alone <laughs> yeah i played i oh my god hang on before you say that i just want to say i intended to split my my playtime with the modern warfare 2 campaign into two sessions and i got at the halfway point and i started i picked up the game for the second time 
and I played alone, and I think that took me upwards of an hour of the two hours I played it. Yeah. Um, and by that time, I'm just like, I don't want to finish this game tonight. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, no, I'm tired. I'm worn out. Yeah. Alone is quite possibly the most frustrating mission I've ever played in any video game ever. I, like, Ugh. listen, bro, I have played the entire Souls franchise with nary a rage quit. Maybe <laughs> when I was first starting Demon Souls. But I actually, like, I didn't even pause the fucking game, dude. I hard quit to dashboard and close the oh game. God. I was like, I don't even want to fucking look at this game anymore. And, yeah, I mean, it wraps up unsatisfyingly with a complete sequel bait ending with the very anticlimactic deaths of both antagonists. Uh, fucking spoilers for the Modern Warfare 2 campaign. Like you guys, Oops. like like you guys give a shit, right? Like you play the campaign. Like, yeah, like you play, like anybody plays the campaigns. Um, I think this was surprising though, because I mean, the first mod, like Modern Warfare 2019's campaign was actually really it's good. It's great. It's genuinely awesome. Yeah, and and this one just fucking sucks. Like. <laughs> It starts off fine, you know, but then uh, really, I think the convoy mission is like the breaking point. I think I think the sniper mission that precedes it, it uh, like overstays its welcome. But the convoy mission immediately after is absolutely where the campaign just fucking breaks in half. And I stopped enjoying it entirely, which is fucked up because it starts with a pretty unique set piece. And then, yeah. After that set piece, the rest of the mission is just that that convoy chase, and just mm-hmm. it's like that one part from Uncharted Four, but bad, but bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it's just not like the, it's like they saw Uncharted Four do it, and they're like, "Wait, we can do that," and then they did it, and it well, was just not only is it eh. not not only is it like the part from Uncharted Four, but bad, but it's it's like the part from Uncharted Four, but it's too long. Yeah, like that's un- the thing. The pacing's way off. It's bad. Yeah, whole game. like every single like new gameplay gimmick that gets introduced is too long. Like the entire first half of the prison mission, where you're controlling Ghost through the security cameras, fucking yeah. sucks. Which is also it's funny boring. because they did that in Modern Warfare 2019, but that was way shorter. There was no combat involved. It was just getting a VIP from one section of like this this place to another. And now in in Modern Warfare 2 2022, it uh is like this whole almost like half of a level really. Yeah, it's like the first half of the mission. It's just and that. You're just yeah, and you're just telling ghosts where to go, who to kill, how to kill them. And the whole time I was just thinking, like, why am I not doing this? Like, what? Why am I? Yeah. Why do I have to? Like, it's so passive, dude. It's not even funny. You literally just (laughs) aim the camera and press the R1 button sometimes. It's so mind-numbingly disengaging. And listen, I love, like, Ghost and Soap's dynamic in this game. Yeah. that was the one saving throw for alone was hearing them bicker. Like, yeah, like their their dialogue and stuff is is great. But unfortunately, goodness. it doesn't save that mission Absol- <laughs> from being not. ridiculously punishing, incredibly long, introducing so many new mechanics that later get reintroduced in the last mission. Yeah. And, and also that last mission, that that like last section where you like are trying to stop a nuke mm-hmm. while also avoiding people in like with these shitty like stealth mechanics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Made me want to fucking pull my hair out. 
The worst part is that Modern Warfare 2's campaign introduces a whole bunch of ideas and none of them are its own. You do a bunch yep. of stuff that you did in all the other Call of Duty games and then it has the fucking balls to steal the crafting system from The Last of Us and force <laughs> it on you in a mission. Two I'm missions, sorry. actually. I'm sorry. It's just so stupid because like you, you get this item. It's just like, oh, here's an item that lets you take out um people silently. And then you do that in that last mission and you're like, cool, now I have a gun. And it's like, oh, but the gun has three bullets yeah, in it. Yeah, it's so stupid. <laughs> and it's like, like, so you have to keep crafting the, the things. And it's just like, what? Like, you're, why you're, are we like, doing this? It's so dumb. Like, why would this highly equipped, extremely state-of-the-art PMC have guns that have four bullets in it? Ugh. If for no other reason than to force you to engage with the shitty crafting system that they just now introduced. And Bad. on top of that, you got shot in the cutscene preceding the mission, so your movement speed is crippled. And there's like 12 dozen dudes all around the map with like unpredictable patterns in AI. And as soon as you kill one of them, they like, I don't know, by the grace of God, immediately know <laughs> that one of them is their own is dead and they find them immediately and you probably haven't left the area yet because you're slow as shit and yeah. then you get to the end of the mission and there are armored enemies and it's just very like, fun stuff there. why this is actually infuriating it sucks playing that mission yep. on veteran was atrocious it literally made me drop the difficulty of the campaign all the way down and i just i don't mm. I'm never going yeah. back to that campaign ever. <laughs> nope. That that campaign was painful. <laughs> Modern Warfare 2's campaign sucks. It's the worst game I played this year, and it's the only game I played this year that I didn't fucking like. So there you, there go. you go. But the the multiplayer's not bad. Multiplayer's pretty good. Warzone's alright, you know. <laughs> campaign. We though? did the raid. I mean Yeah. Well actually you didn't do the raid, did you? Uh I went back and did it later with uh, a uh, different group of people. Uh what'd you think? It was pretty good. I like yeah, it. Yeah, it wasn't bad. For I like a, the puzzle solving. For a, for a Call of Duty raid, you know? Like I'm yeah. I'm someone who's I'm someone who's done raids in Final Fantasy 14 and Destiny. So like, you know. I just wish it was four people so we could have all played, but yeah, fine. That, that, would, like, that would be nice, but hey, if um, you're going to make it three players, eh, yeah. whatever. Here's the thing, by the way, I just aside, um I've noticed that a lot of a lot of I noticed that Modern Warfare 2 only has three player co-op for the raids. Dead Island 2 is only going to have three-player co-op. I don't know why companies are doing this. Give me four-player co-op. Yeah, give me four-player co-op. Four players. Three is a three is a crowd, but four players is a squad, man. <laughs> you think you I don't to... have? You think I don't have three friends just because I play video games? Listen, yeah, you're on. right, but like. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you're right, but like. Come on now. I do. <laughs> anyway. Um. What about you? You got any dishonorables? Uh, before I get to my dishonorables, I'd like to talk about games I played, which is just games I played. Stray and Scorn. They were games that came out this year. Mm -hmm. Stray won an award at the Game Awards, and I don't remember what for. And, uh... I don't think it deserved it. Fair. I think Stray was fun for what it was. I think the meme got taken too far. Or, like, anytime someone, like, tries to criticize it, they're like, yeah, but the game's about a cat. And it's like, yeah, but <laughs> the game's, like, like but cat four game. or five hours long. And it just, I don't know if I'd go back to it. Like, it's kind of shallow. I mean, yeah, 
most of it's just walking around. I mean, there's like some like chase sequences and like a little bit of combat, but it's so short. Most of it's just like walking around and like solving basic puzzles. Mm-hmm. The world's cool. Like, I mean, but I don't know. It should have been vibes. It should have been more vibes and less plot. That's my that's my review. And Scorn, really cool game, amazing art direction. They got robbed at the Game Awards. Just one of the best atmospheres in any games I've ever played. Game is just okay. Uh, combat is is starts out like kind of cool because it's so clunky. It's like Silent Hill 2 where it's like intentionally clunky. But somehow clunkier, and I like that a lot. But then they start giving you like actual weapons, like like um like just a regular pistol and a regular shotgun, and it's like oh, okay. <laughs> but then the game never really like does much with it. Um, it's okay. I give it a five. Uh, that was the game I played. Here are my dishonorable mentions. Now here's games I actively disliked. Okay. Somerville. Not a lot of people played this. Somerville was... <laughs> and damn from, it, I'm gonna keep it that way. <laughs> I'm gonna keep it that way. I don't want anyone <laughs> playing this game. Somerville is just, like... is Was it made by Playdead? I don't remember. It was, like, someone from Playdead who've done, like... If you've ever heard the name Limbo or Inside, it's developed by Jumpship. Mm. But the studio's co-founder previously... Uh, co-founded Playdead and worked on Limbo and Inside as an executive producer. Interesting fall from grace. Um, th- yeah, Somerville is not that good. It's short, you can beat it in like one sitting. And I would actually say that a lot of this game is not bad for what it is. It does have a bunch of glaring like problems both technical and like just gameplay wise and mechanic wise. But a lot of the puzzles were fun to figure out. And then the game just takes a nosedive in the last, like, hour, where it just... I'm not gonna spoil it, but it just made me... It left a sour taste in my mouth, because it just... Feels like it just completely abandons its plot near the end. Like, the main central, like, focus of the game, and becomes something entirely different. Like, it leans way too heavy into sci-fi, and it it just comes to a point where... There's... Okay, there's five endings... But they're all basically the same ending. And the last ending requires you to, like, pay attention to innocuous things that happen throughout the game. And, like, somehow have the foreknowledge of, like, writing down weirdo fucking patterns. in like, that enemies have been, not enemies, but, like, things in the environment have been, like, flashing at you. And you get a slightly better ending. And it's just, like, I'm not playing the game to get... A slightly better ending <laughs> like yeah <laughs> that's like there there was a game i played this year called growing my grandpa where i like fucked myself and i got like the bad ending but that game took me like two hours to complete on my first run and it took me like 30 minutes to complete on my second so i was like sure like i'll i'll play through the game again it does but somerville no <laughs> uh-uh, no that that just left a sour taste in my mouth because it's like Five endings is too many. This this should have had, like, one ending or two at most. Especially since they're all the same ending. Like, I don't know. Right. Somerville, whatever. Thumbs down. Three out of ten. Three out of ten. Ouch. Uh, Another dishonorable mention. Ghostwire Tokyo. This made it onto a few people's best of this year, which surprised me. 
Um, I think if you're looking at Ghostwire Tokyo from precisely the angle of like, um, like aesthetically, it's really cool. That's about it, honestly. <laughs> the enemy design's cool, actually. Uh, I'll give the enemy design's cool, and there's some parts of the open world I like. Um, the combat is really boring. You only have a few weapons, and a lot of it is just like firing at an enemy and walking backwards, and that's it. You move really slow, so it's like... It tries to encourage you to use your blocking a lot, but it if you just block, you still take damage. You have to like do a perfect block every time. It's finicky. It's, uh... It just feels like a Ubisoft open-world game with like a, a Tokyo face paint. That's really it. Which is disappointing because there's like fun sections it's like there's some sections that feel like pt or like some like trippy like dream sequence but they don't last very long and i think this game took me like 30 35 hours to complete and i was not enjoying myself for like 25 hours out of those 35 oh man so by the time i finished it which i don't know why i finish games i don't like probably because they're so easy i can just like just keep going but it's been so long i i have actively spent a lot of time trying to forget about this game <laughs> just because there's so much there i'm like not a fan of yeah this one sucked didn't like it i i don't think it de deserves very high praise sadly which is sad because i was looking forward to it i thought it looked interesting and then uh watching you stream it i was like mm. all right yep Maybe not. Don't, don't play this. I go, go with Patrick Reese philosophy. Don't play games that look bad. Just don't play them. <laughs> All right. I mean, that's it's, really it's it. It's unfortunate because I feel like while I was watching you play it, you could really see the like the flashes of greatness in it, um, yeah. or, or like the ideas that could have been had they been fully fleshed out, and then the game just doesn't do anything with them. So yeah, unfortunate. Sad. It is what it is, though. And now for your ultimate dishonorable mention. <laughs> I, I So I had you guess this before. And I was... Funnily enough, I, ge I guessed Ghostwire Tokyo, and then I guessed this. Yeah, you get... Okay, this one is Saints Row. <laughs> I was looking forward to this one, man. I, I was really looking forward to this one. Me and Garrett have just this tradition of playing through the Saints Row games together. And I was, like, really excited... And we got there, like, day one, and we played it, and we did not fall in, man. We, we kind of, we felt, I felt like we bounced off. I have some footage of us playing this game, and I think the most fun we had was watching the game just break, like, in front of us. Like, there were so many moments where just things would break for no reason. It was a buggy mess, and, um... That's not even the reason why it sucks, but there was one point where, a few points actually, where we were being chased by police, and I don't know what the problem was, but the decay rate for, like, notoriety was just not happening. So we had, like, the entire, like, a, an army of policemen chasing us over the map for, like, 30 plus minutes, and, like, our notoriety was not going down. And eventually we just like went, we literally went to like the outskirts of the map, like the literal desert of the map. And 
I think at that point there was only like a helicopter chasing us. Um, because like none of the police cars could like go all the way out there. Mm-hmm. And the helicopter just was like flying super low and it hit the water and it sank. And then all of our notoriety went away. And me and Garrett were just like there in the desert, and like we were just like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> like, this game was so broken. There were parts of this game that were supposed to be like super fun that just weren't fun. It's so weird. It's so weird to aim, like just aim your weapons. It doesn't feel right. I can't explain it. It just feels wrong. I don't know how they fucked up the 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 act of like aiming a weapon or like looking it just never feels right it never feels the way you want it to Mm -hmm. and for every like mission where i was just like i'm supposed to be enjoying myself i just could not man there were just so many parts of this game that feel like they should be good and they just miss the mark at every opportunity on top of like just boring gunplay boring levels boring missions there's a handful of memorable moments, but otherwise, it's just, like, a nothing burger, man. I, like, I don't know what to say about this game. Uh, the most fun we got out of it was, like, watching the, the glitches occur by doing nothing, you know? And, uh, yeah, I think this is probably the worst game I played this year. Oof. Yeah, I think uh, it's that bad. Unfortunate. I remember we were all really looking forward to it. Yeah, man. But, you know, at least you don't got to waste your money on it now. Yeah, it's true. You can just kind of live knowing that it was not good. Yep. Oh, well. Well, how about we we use our voices to to lift lift other games up? Honorable mentions. Um, I have three honorable mentions. Two of them have already been talked about on the show. So uh, I'll just rapid fire these Uh, Neon White and Vampire Survivors are two of my honorable mentions this year. These are fantastic games. Good game. Feel play them. Um, My last honorable mention is Horizon Forbidden West, Uh, a fantastic game that came out the same week as Elden Ring. Rest in pieces. You never had a chance. Um, (laughs) Unfortunate. Yeah, (laughs) really unfortunate. Um, if I had to describe this, it's basically like Horizon Forbidden West is like the absolute perfected form of the traditional open world game, whereas Elden Ring is like a complete transformation of what an open world game could be. And that's what really separates these two. But this game is really good, man. Really, really good. Excellent combat. You know, probably the best graphics I've seen this year. Uh, honestly, really stunningly beautiful game. Um, good story. I think the ending kind of fumbles the bag a little bit, and it's definitely total sequel bait. Um, but I yeah. really enjoy Aloy as a character, and um, you know, there's just something uh, like instinctual or primal in my brain that just sees. The, it's just like, oh fuck, robot dinosaurs. Let's go. Um, <laughs> And you get That's much fair. you get much more exposition about, you know, the overarching lore of Horizon and uh how the you know the world of it came to be and uh, it's all pretty interesting. Uh but the combat and the story really really carry this game. 
Um, I had a lot of fun playing this. It's it's just really fun to strategically pick apart the weaknesses and the parts of the different creatures that you're fighting. And uh, it never gets boring to do, you know, quick dodges and move into slow motion and use special arrow ammo types and different traps and tricks to just really uh, get the upper hand on these uh, truly, like, mythological-esque creatures. And you fight some really big ones in this game. And uh, you also fight humans. Fighting the humans is not nearly as fun. Mm-hmm. If Elden Ring had not come out this year... Or if this game had not come out, like, right before, literally right before Elden Ring, I think this game would be in the conversation a bit more than it yeah. was. But at the end of the day, the Horizon series is cursed. Uh, the first yeah. game, Horizon Zero Dawn, famously came out a week before Breath of the Wild. <laughs> yeah. They just need to push their releases, man. They, uh, like... uh, you know, it's so funny. Zero Dawn was the perfection of the traditional open world experience at the time, and then it was outclassed by a game that completely changed the industry. And uh, same story for, for Forbidden West. Very interested to see what game comes out the week after Horizon 3. <laughs> oh, man. Because yeah. this is clearly a trend. <laughs> um, yeah. But I, I did very... I, I thoroughly enjoyed this game, and uh, I will be going back to it when that DLC comes out. So, Cool. Where you get to go to uh, California. Oh, yeah, visit me. The ruins of yeah, I'll get to visit Jared uh, in uh, Horizon go to... Forbidden West. I'll find Jared's house. <laughs> you go to Burbank. You can visit my workplace. You can have a little coffee. Yeah, I can have a coffee. You know, watch some movies maybe. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So those were my my honorable mentions: Neon White, Vampire Survivors, and Horizon Forbidden West. God bless him. God bless him. My, uh, I'll probably do another rapid fire here. Um, I don't really have a lot to say about all these, but I will probably, I'll just, like, give you the spark notes. Honorable mentions this year. Franken, RPG, that came out. Uh, Donkey did a video on this. I actually played it before Donkey did a video on it, because I'm ahead of the curve. I'm a, I'm a trendsetter. I'm a trailblazer. Um, Fr Franken is a very short, like, hour-long, uh, RPG maker-ass game. Um, really fun, very cute art style. It's more, more of just a fun little experience than a, than any like traditional like deep RPG game. But I dig it. Check it out if you haven't. I think it's free, and it's really cool. David Szymanski of New Blood fame for doing Dusk came out with two games this year. One was called Iron Lung, a very short. Uh, like, horror atmospheric game where you are in a submarine on a moon in an ocean of blood. Uh, and you take pictures, and you hear scary noises, and it's really cool. And he also came out with Chop Goblins, which is a 30-minute long first-person shooter uh, where you just travel throughout time and kill goblins and Dracula's in it and you kill Dracula too. Uh, and I played this game for 30 minutes and I kept playing it because it was fun and I still haven't got all the achievements and I gotta beat it on the highest difficulty to do that. So one day I will be doing that. And it's very fun. There's also Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe. This came out to uh, critical acclaim per usual. It's the Stanley Parable. I think this originally came out in 2013. 
but before that, it was a Half-Life 2 mod, um, and you can just see that uh, this developer has had experience on a few other games, most notably The Beginner's Guide, which I did not play, but I will play it someday. Um, the Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe is really just the Stanley Parable, but more of it, and just a lot of fun the way it kind of... It almost feels like a roguelite, the way you just kind of, like, every time you start over... There's like new stuff to find and in that way I think it's a very easy game to recommend for people that like just fucking around and, and maybe figuring out like secrets and, and like very convoluted, not convoluted, but like seeing all the ways you can kind of experience the same story, all the all the choices you can make. And um, the last, 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 last ending is really cool and awesome and i think you should play it uh warhammer 40k dark tide came out and this game is cool and i like it because i like vermintide too and uh it's you get i mean guns and everything it's a lot of fun uh launch has been a bit rocky especially since there is no like cross progression between how if you get the game on games pass or you have it on steam they do not let you play with your Steam friends, which is unfortunate. So if they can change that, maybe this would have been on my top five, but maybe not. I don't know. Evil Dead, the game came out this year. Uh, we played it for a bit and it was fun. And I wish I could play it with my friends more because I have a lot of fun with it. And if you have five people in, as opposed to four, you can have a full squad and one of your friends can be a demon and just completely ruin everyone's day or night. And it's really fun and... I love all the characters because I'm a huge Evil Dead fan and I think this game is pretty solid for what it is. Uh, Sonic Frontiers. This would have been in my top five, but I had to quit. Uh, <laughs> I just couldn't, I, I couldn't justify it being that high. Yeah. If this is on top 10, they would maybe be a little lower, but I had a lot of fun with Sonic Frontiers and, uh, Definitely the most fun I've had with the Sonic game in a long time. I'm really happy with the direction it's going. I love the Titan fights. I love uh, the Sleeping with Sirens fucking music that plays during them. And um, I love the way the characters are written. And I love the way the game feels. Just in the open zone areas, it's just really cool. Uh, and last but not least, Signalis, a survival horror masterclass from Rose Engine, which, as I was playing, made me want to go back and play Resident Evil, and that I'm doing right now. Signalis is a sci-fi anime-inspired, uh, PS1-esque survival horror romp. It is a lot of fun. I enjoyed myself a lot while playing it. And the way the story unfolds and all the environments and the creepy uh, enemies you fight. All really memorable. I will not be forgetting this game anytime soon. Definitely recommend if you're a fan of survival horror. Namely, Resident Evil and Silent Hill. It draws heavy inspiration from these titles. Um, and also, like, movies like... Uh, like uh, Ghost in the Shell and like Evangelion. Uh, if you're into that stuff, give the game a check. And that's it. And those are all my honorable mentions. Honorable mentions out of the way. And now, Patrick, 
I'll, I'll hand it off to you. Cool. Uh, put a drum roll in post. Alright. <laughs> uh, game of the year. I mean, come on. You, you know what it is. <laughs> Let's hear it. God of War Ragnarok. <gasps> Woo! This is... This was really hard to decide. And I could certainly make an argument for Elden Ring being the quote-unquote better game. But I'll tell you what God of War Ragnarok has that Elden Ring doesn't. And that is a supremely engaging, fantastically told, Hollywood blockbuster level plot that is an absolute joy to experience from start to finish. It is a very epic, grandiose, emotional journey about a father and his son looking to subvert their destinies, and it is absolutely sublime. To say nothing of the fantastic world design that has a breathtaking level of attention to detail with so many intricacies in the environments that just make them feel truly alive and lived in, uh, to say, you know, the fantastic, robust combat that has even more depth and options than God of War 2018. They also upped the enemy variety from God of War 2018, and you are regularly pit against uh, much more varied groups of enemies that require different strategies more often. And they certainly upped the variety of boss fights from God of War 2018. Every single boss fight in this game is an absolute banger. And the conclusion of the first hour of God of War Ragnarok had the best moment in like a video game this year for me. Um, I won't spoil it, even though most people listening to this probably know what it is but i was truly like aghast like i was like jaw on the floor screaming with hype and it's it's one of the best moments of like player expectations aversion i have ever experienced in a video game and the game just does not let up on the gas from there whatsoever i think donkey put it best in his video he says it's not high art but it is high entertainment and it feels like multiple people are at the absolute peak of their powers to deliver an experience that is transcendental and a push forward for like the entire industry at large and i feel similarly about elden ring but this plot with this exploration and you know this combat and just this wonderfully intricate dialogue that weaves together this fantastic web of deep and complex characters. I mean, this this game has it all. They took everything about 2018 that was good and made it better. And then they took all the minor grievances I had about God of War 2018 and made them better too. To make a truly, like, this is a perfect video game to me. Like... There are maybe, like, one or two things that aren't, like, you know, are kind of, eh, you know? I think some of the characters backseat too much for the puzzles, but that never bothered me because the puzzles are kind of easy anyway. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, by the mm -hmm. time they started talking, I had already figured them out. 
and uh, there are just op there's optional content in this game that unlocks small little areas that could have been like DLC, but they're just in the game. And there's so much to do, and there's so much to get lost in, and it's all top quality content. And I think it's incredible that this game happened in the way that it did. You know, this game came out last year in 2022. COVID happened during this game's development. You know, this game was in development for about five years. Mm -hmm. And uh, COVID happened. And somehow, despite that, in spite of working from home for a, a good chunk of this game's later development, Sony delivered this game on time, on the day they said it would, without a delay. And it's technically, like, perfect. There were no glitches, no bugs, no slowdowns, no anything. It was like a technically flawless product that was delivered day and date with no delays. And I think that's practically unheard of in the games industry these days. And I think it's just like a monumental achievement for the entire like team. Everybody who worked on this game that should be celebrated for like this generation and generations to come. Uh, God of War Ragnarok is my game of the year. I rate it 10 bloody bloody teeth out of 10. It's a lot of teeth. <laughs> it is a lot of teeth. Well, there you have it, folks. That's all the games, but there is one more. But I'm sure you already know what it is. Um, put another obviously put I mean, another drum roll in post. <laughs> I mean, this one hardly needs a drum roll, but I'll put the drum roll anyway. Yeah. Um, I mean, you saw this one coming a mile away. It's on the top of everyone's game of the year list, including mine. It's Elden Ring, baby. Of course. Um. Yeah, man. I mean, there really is nothing else to say. This game is big. This game is insane. If you are a fan of older FromSoft games, uh, if you played the Dark Souls games and you fuck with those, then you'll probably fucking love this one. I mean, the most fun I had this year was just experiencing just weird moments on this map. I mean, I usually played with a friend. I usually had a friend by my side exploring this world and, and just reacting to all the giant creatures and monsters that were out to kill me. I mean, I remember finding a map, and as soon as I found that map, a giant across the map tried shooting me with an arrow, and we were just, like, trying to find a place to hide. I mean, there's a lot of fun moments like this where it just seems like, you know, just the sense of discovery and, and just this world that is so deep and there's so much happening is just constant throughout, and... Really, one of my main complaints is that, you know, co-op is not seamless all the time. You can summon someone into your world, but they cannot come with you into dungeons. But they can if you just de-summon them and then summon them again once you are inside the dungeon. So, in that way, I felt like this game had little, little things that made it not perfect, but there was so much here... The, I mean, the story, the environment, the uh, the combat, the boss fights, I mean, there's so much here. Like, this is a truly epic game, both in, in expanse and, like, size and, and, you know, and what FromSoft was able to do here is special. I mean, this one, Game of the Year at the Game Awards already, but I'll say it again, it... Definitely deserved it, and I think it was very funny that that Bill Clinton kid came onto the stage and <laughs> ruined that moment because that is just like a perfect like metaphor for the Game Awards 
in general. Like, <laughs> I think it's extremely funny because no matter what now, everyone's just going to know that kid. And every time everyone brings up Elden Ring, they're going to think of that kid. And Jeff, you let this happen. It's your fault. I'm very sorry, but you're the one who let this happen. Video games have, like, reached, like, brand new highs this year. I mean, last year, but... God damn it, like, this is still a very juvenile space. There's still such a... A... A, um... Small perception of what a game should be. And that goes to show that Elden Ring, despite being big Dark Souls, and Dark Souls 4, and 5, and some of 6 really is just a refinement and and taking what's already worked and making it putting it into an open world that is very detailed and and thorough and just a huge adventure field for for players to mess around with but god damn it I'm telling you if this didn't come out this year it would have been tuning <laughs> that's really what all I can say man like it tunic is what I want to see more of in games but elden ring does what I already love so much and just blows it up and, and just makes this like some, something that I've never experienced in a game. Uh, and this was like a, a cultural event. It feels like, you know, mm-hmm. this was the, the moment that changed everything, but I, I just can't quit it, man. I can't quit those indie gems, man. This was, uh, Elden Ring was the undertale of 2022. Yeah. <laughs> when did Undertale come out? 2015. Was... Oh my god! Yeah, I know, right? I was fresh out of high school. It was like, it was like, summer. Yeah, I remember that, man. I actually remember, like, the day I, uh... I think the first day I was playing it, I had, like, a, a job interview. Like yeah, my first real job, and I got the job. But I remember I was on Hotland when I was playing it. It was, um, yeah, man, it was. It's crazy. I will say, Elden Ring definitely. Um, the time that I spent just talking to my friends about it in group chats, as we like all unraveled different secrets on the map and were like comparing notes and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, was an absolute joy. And uh, definitely, when I refer to it as like the Undertale of 2022, there was just like that that special moment right after release where everybody was discovering all of it for the first time together. Yeah. And I'm sure there's some stuff in Elden Ring that has not been uncovered yet. There, There just has to be. So, yeah. Yeah, Elden Ring's a very special game, for sure. I, I consider Elden Ring and, and Ragnarok to be um like equals essentially. Yep. They're both they're both my game of the year for twenty twenty two, really. Um But you can't take that away from us. And that's it's Tunic and Elden Ring and God of War Ragnarok. <laughs> game of the year, twenty twenty two. And Jeff got it wrong. Jeff got it wrong. And that's that on that. But I think I would like to nominate my reformed rabbi, Bill Clinton. <laughs> so actually, Bill Clinton, reformed Orthodox rabbi Bill Clinton, is the game of the year. So yes, unfortunately, this was just a waste of your time. <laughs> this whole episode. <laughs> Sorry for wasting an hour and twenty five minutes of your time, but uh, yeah, it's unfortunate. Oh well, what are you gonna do, right? Yeah.
Maybe next year. Maybe next year from stuff puts out another binger. We'll see. Maybe. Or we do have Armored Core 6. I don't know if that comes out uh, this true. year or not. But very exciting. Maybe the next episode we can do is uh, games we're looking forward to in 2023. Oh, yeah. Classic. Yeah. The classic standby. Maybe we'll do that next. Yeah. Well, and we can look back on it and uh, just see what we played throughout the year. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully they're fun. We'll see. Hopefully they're fun. This is a very good year for gaming, though. Yep, 2022 was a great year. Yeah. God, I keep forgetting it's 2023. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're only four days in, whatever. It, yeah, it takes a while to get used to it, but... I'm, st- I'm still writing it. 2022 on pieces of paper, so, like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, that's our show. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for uh, supporting and listening. And uh, it's good to be back. Uh, hoping to spend 2023 recording more, being more consistent, and uh, not burning ourselves out. And yeah. uh, Here's to that. Here's to that, dude. And uh, we'll catch you all on the flip side. And remember, as always, all unsafe progress will be lost. Good night. <laughs>